Hello and welcome to the Pivot Podcast. The Pivot Podcast. Where we go episode by episode and talk all about the show Friends, the 90s, and everything in between. I'm Natalie. And I'm Tiana. Now let's pivot. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Pivot. Thanks for listening even after our last episode that was fully unhinged. We got some good feedback, though. People loved it. Yeah, maybe we should get a little crazy every week. Bring out the wine. Hello. We're almost done with the season. I can't even believe it. I'm so excited. Like, these last few episodes start to change so much. I mm-hmm. It's so much fun. So. And I really, really like season two, so I'm excited to think about getting to season two. Because they change so much because they see how great it was and then they're like okay these are all the things we're fixing yeah so it just like gets better and you just get more of the characters agreed so here we are with season one episode 23 the one with the birth thank you for joining should we oh fun fact and i'm just gonna get into the background real quick okay this was supposed to be the season finale yes okay in the research that was something cool that i saw and i was like Oh, you know what? Now it totally makes sense. And we'll talk yeah. about this like later when we go through the recap. But I I see why it was the finale at one point. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad it's not. I'm really glad that it's not. Because the director, James Burroughs, was like, people care more about Ross and Rachel's love story than the baby story, which I totally agree. Yes. So they're like, we need to tie that up. Absolutely. Because, um, sorry, but the baby is not to the point of friends. <laughs> no. <laughs> so this episode, we have our writers as our creators, David Crane, Marta Kaufman. And then the Jeffs are also joined in. Jeff. Uh, Jeff Greenstein and Jeff Astroff. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, our director is James Jimmy Burroughs. Mm-hmm. And our original air date is May 11th, 1995. Lovely. Okay. So- Shall we? We shall. So interesting, this episode is oh, takes place fully at um, the hospital. Which we should kind of talk about how the last one ended really quick. Yeah. So last one ends with Ross and Rachel kind of having this moment on the couch. And then Ross gets beeped. And oh my gosh, the baby is actually coming. And they rush off to the hospital. And Ross is having this moment of, oh my God, I'm going to be a father. Mm-hmm. So here we are kind of taking a segue. And it takes off right from where the last one ended. And we're at the hospital. Yeah, we're at the hospital. No coffee shop, no Rachel Monica apartment, no Joey Chandler apartment. So it, interesting. I totally didn't think about that. Yes, I noticed that too. Is like, oh yeah, this is fully in the hospital. It's, is it the only episode of one of the few episodes where it's they don't? I think it's one of the few because I know that there are a couple other ones that they aren't at the in their apartment. apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I've grouped them up based on shenanigans happening in the hospital. We love a good shenanigan. We do. So we've got Ross and Phoebe. You could throw Susan in here as well. Yeah. So basically Ross and the friends are all at the hospital. Ross is a mess because Carol and Susan are late, <laughs> which would, I mean, I would be stressed out. I'm stressed out if people are late anyways. This is true. You know? Yeah. And if I'm stressed out and I'm like, no, I'm the asshole. <laughs> hey, ITA, am I the asshole? Yeah. So eventually Carol, Carol and Susan show up. There's tension already between Ross and Susan. Naturally. Yep. Naturally. Ross and Susan are really competitive. Um, all things baby, like counting contractions with the watches. I thought that was funny. Oh my gosh. What was it? Swiss courts. Ha ha. Yeah. Courts. Ha. Swiss courts. Ha ha. 
<laughs> like, what are you guys talking about? I, d- I didn't quite even get that. I think it's just like the the quality of the watch, which apparently Swiss are better. Uh, Swiss mean, must be very on time people. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. Um, so we help. We're while we're while they're helping Carol through the breathing exercises. They get into the room. They're helping Carol. They're like basically making her hyperventilate. Oh my god, it was terrible. I was thinking. I was like thinking about you in labor for some reason. <laughs> I was like, man, if someone did this to Natalie, like, oh my god, no, I would not have it. Yeah, no. So Susan lets it slip that they're naming the baby Jordy. Ross is very confused. Jordy, what? That doesn't even sound like a. I have a an old friend I haven't talked to in a long time, but they had a dog named Jordy, and so like that's where my mind goes is to a dog. It's a cute dog name, but not. It's cute. It's cute like a nickname. Yes, like Jordan, and then we call you Jordy. Jordy. Like a cute little like it's it sounds like a kid that would be on the cast of it. You oh know? God! <laughs> like Georgie and Jordy, and you know Aww. they're just chasing clowns in the in, in the, the w- sewers. In the sewers, holy Anyways, shit! He thought the baby name was Jamie, but Susan said, but Carol says that was the name of Susan's first girlfriend. So they went back to Jordy, even though Ross didn't know that they even landed on Jordy. <laughs> Whoops! So after arguing even more, Carol kicks him out of the room. She can't take it. Good job, Carol. I get it. They go around the corner, continue to argue, and Phoebe walks up and makes them go into the broom closet to calm down. <laughs> she yells at them to stop yelling. I, which is funny. And she's like, I don't like my voice like this. I don't like my voice like this. Don't make me do it again. It's so great. It's, <laughs> it's such a good moment for Phoebe. It is. So after trying to leave the broom closet, they realize that they're locked in. Uh-oh. Phoebe starts playing some songs, which like, if I was locked in a broom closet with Phoebe. Oh, God. Dear God. That, no. And she's playing. Let's you know, it's a very tight space. You're right up in there. I would have to not fit, like really try to not smash the guitar. Oh my gosh. Right. I think I, I might. Yeah. So, you know, she, she's playing They're They're like, Oh my God, get me out. They have a last ditch effort with a credit card and then they get into another fight, Susan and Ross. Like they cannot stop fighting. No, they cannot. Ross is so upset. And this, this is such a moment because you can see that they're both right in the fighting. Mm -hmm. Like Ross is upset because he's never wanted anything more. But at the end of the day, Susan's the one that gets to go home and be with the baby. So you can see where he's coming from. Yes. But I think that Susan has a really great point and Mm -hmm. no, no one's really talked to Susan about this is like, well, you know, there's father's day, there's mother's day, there's no lesbian lover day. Like, what am I going to be to this kid? Yeah. And so I think that that's a good point is like, it's just all about both of their insecurities of becoming a parent in such a different and like unique way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I like it. It's a good thing. It's a good reminder of like two things can be true. Like you both can be right and you both can be wrong. Yep. Both things can exist. <laughs> Ross's response, every day is lesbian lover day. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's really good. So they're arguing. Phoebe chimes in and gives them perspective. Mm-hmm. Phoebe's like the Greek chorus here. Yes. She says, you know, she's like, this is so great. They're, they're ex- arguing. She's like, this is so great. And they're like, what are you talking about? She's like, growing up, my dad left and my mom died. And this baby has three parents that are fighting over who gets to love it the most. It's the luckiest baby in the world. I love she does it in just like the such of the Phoebe way of like that mm-hmm. innocent, like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Instead of being like, don't you guys see? Yeah. It, it's just like this really innocent, almost childlike way of being able to give perspective. And they're just like, oh, it's like subtle genius absolutely subtle so subtle genius yes um 
while they're in the broom closet arguing, we cut away. We see that the baby is coming. So time is ticking. Yes. Um, we get back to the closet. Ross has a broom. They're like, okay, this is, we got to get out of here. So Ross takes a broom, jams up the air vent. They hoist Phoebe into the air vent. And as she's in the air vent, air vent put, let me pause. She has put on a janitor's outfit with the name Ben. Yes, I'm Ben. I'm, I'm ben, ben, the hospital janitor. So as Phoebe's in the air vent, a janitor comes and opens the door and then they're free. Yes. They make it to Carol just enough time to see the baby. Thank goodness. Ross is like shocked at how big the baby's head is. <laughs> Carol, how are you doing this? How not, are you doing this? Not a good time. I know. Not the time, Ross. Like, thank you for the reminder. Yes. After the birth, Susan's like, don't want to start yelling, but we still need a name for this little guy. Mm-hmm. They're They're all in love. Ross then suggests Ben. So cute. They all agree. Yay. I like Ben. It's a good name. I like Benjamin too. Mm-hmm. I'm a big proponent of like name the child a longer name and then give a lot of short options, you yes. know, so that they can have different phases and evolve as they go. Yes. I'm a big nickname fan. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of nicknames for everybody in my family. So mm-hmm. I love a good name that Gives me a lot of options for nicknames. Absolutely. So the friends come in. They're all obsessed. Ross introduces them to Ben. Mm, so cute. And that's the baby. The baby's here. And when he's like handing her the baby over to Monica and he's like, the head, the head. Like, just like this new dad. It's so cute. It's just like adorable. Like, I know I did that. That's a good way to put it. Okay, I put this in our mood points. Mm. I was actually irked at that. Because I'm like, don't patronize Monica. Obviously, she knows how to hold a freaking head of a child. <laughs> I was like, really, Ross? Really? Yeah. It's his, it's his protective instinct coming out. You're right. Parent, <laughs> you're right. You're a parent. You can be protective. But come on. <laughs> she knows, Ross. She knows. Okay, <laughs> Rachel. Mm. Rachel's got a very Rachel. Uh, I w- I don't even want to say storyline, but Rachel is just Racheling. She's in got this like episode. a side story. She's like a sub character. She's in this. she's Racheling around Racheling. the hospital. Can we make that a verb? She, yeah, she's Racheling around. I love it. Which Racheling around doesn't last for too much longer. Like after in season three, she kind of stops Racheling around. Yes. Yes. Agreed. So Rachel meets the cute doctor who will be delivering the baby, and immediately she starts Racheling, i.e., kicking in the flirty charm because he's a cute doctor and she's obsessed with doctors yes obsessed which chandler points out to her he does was your dad a doctor or something yeah oh oh okay (laughs) okay that explains a lot so rachel goes home actually and changes into a nicer outfit and obviously to impress the doctor She's chatting up the doctor. She's been in and out of the room, obviously trying to stay close. During a coffee break, Rachel continues chatting up the cute doctor, and he reveals how he just really doesn't have time to do anything but work. This whole conversation, I was just like, if this didn't put you off to somebody immediately, like, I don't know what would because you're just like, oh, God. It's one of those guys like, oh, you're so cute. Why are you still single? And then he opens his mouth and speaks. And you're like, oh, that is why. Yes. And that's why. That is why. This creates Rachel to, she realizes this isn't going to work. That's what you get when you try to date doctors, Rachel. Yeah. Stop it. Okay. That's what it is. They're busy. Yeah. And got their hands in vaginas all day when you're a delivery doctor. An OB. 
an OBGYN. Okay, Monica and Chandler. I really like mm. this storyline. And it's Me so too. it's so sweet because it's there's on so many levels, which I don't think they realized was happening when they first made it. Right, because I don't think that they ever planned on Ma- Monica and Chandler getting together. Which no. spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the series, <laughs> they get together. Like that's yeah. an obvious thing. So anyways. I don't think that they planned on it, but like, this is the first time where you see that chemistry and you're, mm-hmm. and looking back, you're just like, oh yeah, I oh my see God, it. They're so great. They are so great. So obviously they're at the hospital. Monica is bummed out because she's surrounded by babies, but doesn't have one yet. Yeah. I was trying to think back and I'm like, okay, what? She's 26. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think back when I was 26 and I'm like, I had baby fever. I definitely was like. I a 26? Have- yeah. I mean, I was like. I could take it or leave it. Like I could have a baby now or I could wait. But if I had a baby now, I wouldn't be upset. I was definitely the opposite. Ah. I I was, I mean, I'm 33 now. When I was 26, I was like nowhere near thinking about a baby. Yeah. I was kind of like, I think Rachel in the episode is like, I can't believe one of us actually has one of these. (laughs) And Chandler's like, I know I still am one of these. Yes. That's such a good line. At 26, that's definitely where I was at. That's so funny. However, I have to say now, I'm definitely in Monica's shoes of like babies popping up everywhere. And I'm like, I would like one, please. Yes. (laughs) You know. And one day you shall. One day. So she sees some twins come out and is sad because she can't even get one. Oh, God. Um, So watching that, it's like, oh, you're so sad. And then I have quite a few friends with twins. You do? Oh, yeah. So shout out to uh, my girl, Liz, who gave birth to twins in December. Mm -hmm. Um, She is just the most rocking mama ever. But I think that she would say it's a lot of freaking work. Um, I can I can imagine only imagine. Oh, my God. I, I Yeah, it's 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 not like double the work of okay, now you have two. It's like exponential, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I give you credit, Monica, but you have no idea. She just wants one, you know? She, it's kind of like, oh, they get to have two? Like, I just want one. There is irony in that too. There is. There Lots is. of irony. So Chandler then offers her a pact that if they're still single when they're 40, he and her get together and have one. Yeah. I thought that was actually really cute. I think so too. I think it's adorable. Monica doesn't see it that way. No, she goes down another path, Monica. Why would I still be single when I'm 40? It's hypothetical. (laughs) It's just, you know, she's just not in the space to receive that kind of pact. No, I will say, though, that's one of my favorite quotables from this episode is, Dear God, this parachute is a knapsack. (laughs) Dear God. (laughs) It's so great because he, like, runs over, like, just jumps over the the chair. Yeah, and he's just, like, gone from the frame. So funny. Last one is Monica then takes a call from her mom, you know, again, reminding her that this is the only chance she might have a grandchild. And it's just, it's that, it's that reminder of just like, can we stop asking women when they're getting pregnant? Jesus, Judy. It's like, I swear, I feel like every, and this could just be my own like insecurity, but I feel like everywhere I go, people are always looking at me if I'm drinking. Yes. Work, social, what have you not. Yes. Because all the time. Like that, uh, that is so frustrating. God forbid you maybe don't want to drink that night. <gasps> Are you pregnant? Yeah. Like, what? can I'll, you not? <laughs> also, it's nobody's fucking business. I know. And also, like, if you are pregnant or you're pregnant and you don't know it, drinking is actually safe. <laughs> I mean, it's just, just 
that whole thing of just like, can we just leave women alone in this area? I mean, for a lot of things, but specifically like, let them, let them be. I think it's one of those things too of like, women are, we are our own worst enemies. Like, and if we came together as one, like we would be like unstoppable, which is why the patriarchy is afraid of us. But Mm -hmm. literally if we stop attacking each other and we stop like putting this pressure on like oh so you just got married when are you guys having kids how about you just don't ask or like how about you ask in a different way of like are you guys interested in having kids if you're close or something because Mm -hmm. maybe they're not yeah you know just like asking someone so are you pregnant yet that let me just tell you now that is so offensive and not chill not chill no, and I thought after having a baby that that would get better, but now it's like, oh, when are you going to give so-and-so a, a sibling? Women are the worst to women. Terrible. It's crazy. What if I don't want to give my daughter a sibling? What if that's my choice? What, are you going to come at, come at me for it? That's actually a good segue into Joey's line. Yes. Because Joey meets a pregnant woman at the hospital while watching the Knicks game. Love it. They get into a little bit of a banta over the Knicks versus Celtics. Always have a good banta. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the woman starts to have some major contractions. Yes. Joey's like, where's the father? She says, there is no father. He's not here. And he takes her back to find a room. Yes. Good job, Joey. Yes. So this is kind of like, you know, I feel like at this time in the 90s, it was like, oh, gasp, there is no father in the picture. When like we've come so far, there's still a long way to go, but we've come so far as like people having children a multitude of ways like maybe you're just a single woman or maybe you're just a single you know gay man and you want a child there are so many opportunities and everybody's journey is so different right and luckily we've gotten sort of past that stigma of like having kids and not being married yeah you're not as ostracized but there's still that big part of our society that looks down upon those women yeah or even those people and it's like it's getting better but we still have a long way to go because it was like find a guy get married have a child and it's like you know what i probably like i could just do i could have the wedding at any time really like the child is the more important one right have a child out of wedlock that is first of all that's a very antiquated term have a child do it when you want yeah, that that kid doesn't give a shit if you're married. Enjoy. Yeah. Spread some love. Yeah. If you want a child, just do it. Yeah. But if you don't want a child, that is okay too. Also, you know, if you want to make it, I make it sound like it's super easy to just do it and just get pregnant. True. Very, very valid let's, point. Let's be aware that it's not that easy to just snap your fingers, right? Everybody has their own journey. Yes, absolutely. Everyone's got their own struggles and shit. And you know what? If it's their choice to share it or not, don't fucking ask. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so Joey gets the woman settled into her room mm-hmm. and asks why the father is not involved. She, he, she, this irritates her, obviously. Get that. And he, she just, he decides it's best if he leaves. Yes. Then he barges into the room and continues on the Knicks Celtics banta. That's so sweet because I think that he recognizes consciously or subconsciously because it's Joey mm-hmm. that she's pushing him away because that's probably what she did to this guy. Mm -hmm. And you know what? This woman is in a really poor state of needing somebody right now. Yeah. And so I'll be that person. I don't know her, but I don't care. It's a really good moment for Joey because he comes, he comes back and he then gets her through labor basically. Yeah. Which is so sweet. He fills that like encouraging energy. I don't want to say like father figure because that's super like, 
silly, but like he he's that encouraging figure and supportive figure. He's like her her coach. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good moment for Joey. Love that moment. Adult moment for Joey. Yes. Um, after the labor, Joey goes to get the he calls her lady. We never find out her name, which was super interesting. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. She's just this stranger that Joey's just being an amazing support system for in one of the most important moments of her life. Isn't that crazy? That is really crazy. I think it speaks to how good of a heart Joey has. Oh yeah. He's Beneath all of the sexist bravado womanizing nonsense, he's yes. got an amazing heart. Oh yeah. So as he's coming back, we see the father has arrived. He kind of peeks in. The father's in the room. Joey's like, I will let them have this little moment. And he leaves. He takes the little balloon and leaves. Oh my God, the little balloon that walks with him. It's so cute. I know, it's so sweet. Oh. Well, those are our storylines. Let's take a break. I'm going to make sure we got some battery going. (laughs) We're running on E over here. And then we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the Stitch Sisters. Ever wanted to find the perfect handmade crochet gift? The Stitch Sisters have you covered. Check out their store where they create crochet goods to order. They create beanies and headbands as well as fun knickknacks for every occasion. You can find them on Etsy at the Stitch Sisters store or follow them on Instagram at Stitch Sisters store. And hello, no dawdling today. We are just getting right back into it. Right into the background and love research. It. We love a research. I love a good research. I love research. Me too. It's so fun because this is the part of the show where it's just like you learn so much more. Mm-hmm. It's kind of why we did this podcast in the first place. Yeah. Um. So this is so fun. So the nurse who tends to, and I can never say her name right, is it Leah Remini? Leah Remini. I, th- Leah I Remini. think that's her name. So she is listed as Lydia is her name, but like, they never say Lydia in the show, no. but they do list her as Lydia mm-hmm. as her character. So the nurse who tends to Lydia or Leah Remini is played by June Gable. Love that name, June, by the way. June, that's a really sweet name. I love it. Um, so she actually went on to play Estelle Leonard. Which is funny. I didn't realize that because we actually see this actress in one of the in the episode with the butt, but that's cut for TV and that's only on the DVD episodes. Right. So, so like, technically we've never seen her. Exactly. Like I never saw that, but I, and I don't know if you had your DVD set at that point. I, yeah. I mean, I've also seen them. So I'm like, oh yeah, they cut that. Yeah. Right. So yeah, we see her and then she kind of comes back, but they do a really good job of like hair and makeup and she does a great job of like, you know, fitting into the different characters. So mm-hmm. would never have a guess that that was Estelle. And maybe they were like, oh, we didn't use her... In this episode, well, we'll use her in this episode. They might not have realized that how Estelle is like a character throughout the series until she dies. Spoiler alert. Oh, my God. that <laughs> That's such a great point. But, yeah, I think that they don't realize how big Estelle was going to be. Um, so we mentioned Leah Remini. Mm-hmm. Um, she originally auditioned for the role of Monica. I was thinking about that. That is such an interesting. Uh, I'm glad she didn't. I love Leah Remini. Mm-hmm. She didn't get it. And it, it makes sense. It's not. It doesn't fit. No, not at all. And um, she actually shares a birthday with Courtney Cox. June 15th? June 15th. Isn't that crazy? It's a good birthday. I couldn't imagine her doing that because she goes on to do the King of Queens with uh, yes, Kevin, Kevin James. James. And I mean, just crushes that show. So I can't yeah. imagine her doing this one at all. So yes. Yeah. Love, love that. Um. We had already talked about how this was going to be the finale, how Jimmy Burroughs was like, Mm -hmm. no, this can't be because it's not about the baby. It's about Ross and Rachel. We don't care about the baby. We need to see Ross and Rachel. I mean, in all fairness, they should have tied something up. 
yes. with Ross and Rachel this season. Yeah, I, I totally agree. But I see it. And so there's like that final scene where mm-hmm. like all the friends are looking down and the perspective is that. I was thinking about that. You're the baby and you're Ben. And they're like looking and I'm like, this is them trying to tie it up for the season. Like this is the season ending scene. Yeah. And now I see it and I'm like, oh, okay. I see what they were doing there. And then they, they changed it up. I'm so glad. They I was did. watching it and I was like, this this scene is like kind of uncomfortably long. Thank you. I was like, okay, we get it. I didn't like it after a while. I'm okay, like, thank you. I was like, am I just like a cold hearted bitch because I don't care about them saying hi to the baby? But like, thank you. No, I it was weird. I was like, after okay. a while, like this is twice as long as it needs to be. Cool. Um. So David Schwimmer actually his son son daughter. I don't know. He became a dad almost like to the day that this aired 16 years later 16 16 years post this episode post this episode just like a few days off so wow yeah it's kind of funny it's like oh well you have your own Ben I I gotta look up now if he had a son or a daughter so he was 26 in the taping so that means he was oh my god 26 plus 16 years is 42 thank you I'm like why can't I do math right now it's too late Yes, 42. Okay. I would trust you. I can't do math in my head. <laughs> so he was 42. So much different than the path that Ross took. Yes. Okay. So David Schwimmer had. Mm, oh, he has a daughter named Cleo. Cleo. I love that name. That's cute. You don't hear a Cleo very often. She was born in 2011 and this aired. Wasn't there like a a, a medium or somebody called Miss Cleo? Miss Cleo. Yes. Like a fame, there was a like famous, a psychic. famous psychic named Miss Cleo. And people Cleo. would call her, right? Yes. I wonder if anybody rec- remembers Miss Cleo. I'm going to have to look at Miss Cleo now. Okay. So let's get into bloopers and blunders. Oh God. Okay. Yes. <laughs> this is funny. So um, again, birthdays and ages always get fucked up pretty badly. So mm-hmm. when Joey's talking to Lydia's mother on the phone, he tells her that he's 25 years old. However... In the episode before this one, like we find out that Monica says she's 26 mm-hmm. and so she's the same age as Rachel. So they're both 26. And then there's the one where they all turn 30 and we find out that Joey was the first one to turn 30. So essentially he would have been 31. So he mm-hmm. wouldn't have been 25. He should have been 27. Mm-hmm. So that's a mistake. They just, they just bamboozle all of these ages. I know. And I think at some point it's like, well, they can't go back and change it. So they're going to fix it as it should be mm-hmm. to fit what narrative they're trying to portray. So mm-hmm. anyways, um, this one was super obvious. I saw this one too. So there's a sign outside of Carol's door when the um, door opens and like Ross and Susan go out and Rachel comes back in. She's like, I got your ice chips. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, nursery 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 who you who you have one job you need to know how to how to spell properly (laughs) that's really bad come on that's like whenever i catch like spelling mistakes in books do you ever catch them (gasps) and i'm like they do exist yeah like i know that writing a book is very difficult and like you can look at it 10 times and it still will have a mistake but also like come on (laughs) i know right you have one job how many people looked at this and said nursery nursery Blame the intern. I know. Blame the intern. The tape guy. Remember we were blaming the tape guy. Yes. We were blaming the tape guy at the beginning of the season. Maybe he's maybe he's to blame for this. I'm blaming him. Yeah. So then we already talked about like Ross and Monica and the head thing. It just it just irked me. Yes. 
you know, two different- don't, don't tell a woman who's obviously got baby fever how to hold a baby. True. But also he's his, he's the baby's dad and can't tell. Right. He can say whatever he wants. And maybe she doesn't know how to hold it, but she has baby fever. Both both things can be true here. As we've seen. As we have seen. So with the fashion this episode, it's tough because it's like continuation of last episode. So they really, nobody really has an outfit change except for Rachel. Yes. And, which and is interesting. Honestly, like this was the episode where I thought fashion just really didn't exist it was i was literally gonna say that it, did, it didn't exist it was just like meh. they're the, wearing clothes that's it the limit does not exist the only thing was like the ben janitor costume i think that's like you could put that in like a friend's museum and we would know oh i know exactly what episode that's from yes yeah. super super cute yeah and then susan's spaghetti strap dress with a white t-shirt underneath classic 90s super 90s i think it's a, su- a super cute look yeah and she actually at one point i think has some sort of like zip up hoodie like mm-hmm. tied around her waist yes like yes the maxi with the with the sweatshirt around the waist very clarissa explains it all oh my god i love clarissa explains it all right me too <sighs> oh yes now i want to go back and look yes okay so best friend in front of me Okay. I need help again. Oh my God. I need help. You do? Yes. My enemies, my frenemies easy. Really? Yes. Oh my God. I had such an easy time doing my best friend and I was like, who the hell do I pick for my frenemy? Okay. I have the opposite problem. So we're going to help each other. Okay. So let's do our frenemy first. Okay. Who are you debating? I, well, I picked and granted in the stats, I picked Carol and Susan as the frenemy. Oh. because they did not discuss the names with Ross and it's literally they're like having the baby and I was just I was like this is so fucked up like seriously yeah you're not gonna bring the father into the loop of like what the baby's name is yeah okay so they're gonna get a column a, a tick in the guest star column for our friend of me I respect that one I, I honestly could not have, cho- I was like, I don't know who to choose because, and then I was like, you know what? That moment probably irked me the most in this episode. So there you go. So my, so our last episode, my argument was very thin. Yeah. I feel like I have a leg to stand on and I'm picking Rachel again. You are. Yes. I'm sorry, but you like are trolling for hot doctors while a friend ish is having a baby and then you go and do an outfit change and then you stand in front of her while like all I could think about was like when I was in labor and if I had like my husband sitting next to me having a like a fully fine conversation and I would be like I'm in pain here like I that's all I could think about like that didn't happen you cannot have you cannot be comfortable in this moment like why are you ignoring the pregnant lady just so you can like get some from the hot doctor okay just devil's advocate i love this okay as like a what's she like 25 26 26 as a young 26 year old woman in the hospital your friends have never had babies i mean a hot doctor is a catch so i feel like if i was in rachel's shoes i would probably be behaving very similarly especially like going home to change clothes yeah i would do that yeah a hundred percent granted she kind of picks the wrong moments with like Carol and you know, Carol's like breathing heavily and that's, that's it for me. It's like, those yeah. are the wrong moments to do it. Like do it, go, go girl, get yeah. your, you know, let your freak flag fly, but let's not be insensitive to the pregnant lady. And you have experience. So like, you know, yeah. like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm coming from a different 
point of view. Like had I not had a baby, maybe I wouldn't think it this way. Yeah. So. I'm like, oh, I've totally been there. <laughs> yeah. Forget what's going on. I'm going to chase the cute shiny thing in front of me because <laughs> I'm 26 and young and single. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. I think that those are both good ones. Yeah. Okay. So best, uh, best friend. Okay. I just need to verbalize this. Okay. Okay. So I'm debating between three. Okay. I'm debating between Chandler. Okay. Joey and Phoebe. Okay. Because they all support in this episode. You got Phoebe, who's like great, giving that sweet childlike perspective to Susan and Ross. Mm -hmm. Then you've got Joey, who's helping a stranger basically deliver a baby by herself. Mm -hmm. Then you've got Chandler comforting comforting a friend or attempting to comfort a friend and be like, you know what? You're going to be a mom one day. It's going to be okay. So Mm -hmm. I'm debating between those three and I can't decide. Do you want me to tell you who I picked to help maybe decide or do you want to therapize through this a little bit? Let's therapize through it because okay. I don't want to pick because of because who, of what I picked. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, you know, Chandler's obviously very sweet, but it's a smaller moment. That's kind of where I was going. Yeah. Is like, it's so much more like, okay, I'm going to like be here for you, but then I'm also going to bail when you question me. Yeah. So then Joey's obviously doing a very selfless thing to a complete stranger. Yes. And Phoebe is like playing is a very strong peacemaker. Yes. So what do you think? Giant heart to a stranger, random act of kindness or peacemaker could host the UN dinner. I got to give it to Joey. Okay. Yep. I got to do Joey. Cause that's like, I think that's a really good idea. That's so like, you're not obligated to that person. Yeah. You know, and Phoebe in a sense is obligated to be a good friend. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to say anything, but right. at the same time, it's kind of like in that friend contract ish. Yeah. But Joey like doesn't know this woman from Adam. Joey's being a best friend to somebody he doesn't even know. Yes. Okay. Joey it is. I think that's a really good pick. I picked Phoebe. Oh, <gasps> I think we need a moment of silence. <laughs> and now we're done. <laughs> and now we're done. <laughs> I picked Phoebe. I thought, you know, watching it, I mean, it was so sweet to just like, to be able to confront two people that are having an argument and be like, you guys are being ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That is enough. And then for her subtle genius to like really, I mean, make peace between Ross and Susan, which is like, we can tell is just like, you know, World War Three in oh, their yeah. in their part part. It could go so badly too, and their relationship could deteriorate, and it would be like the kid that suffers. But mm-hmm. instead, it's like we get this perspective. It's about all of us together as a village, mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes what they do with Phoebe, which I think is really funny, actually, is they do this like it's almost like the shock factor of like. Well, my mother killed herself yeah. or, you know, yeah, you know, my dad was in, my stepdad was in prison and I was living out of a car and like all of this stuff that you're just like, whoa, they don't do that here. Right. And I like that because then it's less of the, about Phoebe and more about mm-hmm. the kid and them. It's perspective while continuing to like support. Yes. I guess I, you could say. Exactly. So sandwich rating. I was, I'm really curious because I'm curious to know what you think. 
This is average for me. So I just give this one a three. Oh my God. Same. Okay. I, I don't know why I feel bad giving threes out, but I'm like, no, you know what? Let's be honest. This was an average episode. Yeah. No amazing fashions. No. Not a lot of plot, not many plot lines or anything, but also just, yeah. I mean, they're all in a hospital. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, I don't even think we've really given out a two. I think we've given out one. You, I gave given, out one. I gave out one and you gave out one. Yeah. So I think that, you know, being a three, I think you're, they're right on the mark. Solid, solid average B. Yeah. It's good. Okay. Well, that was it. The one with the birth. We only have one more episode left in the season, but we do have some, we're going to take a little break between seasons, mm-hmm. but we're going to fill those breaks with a few weeks of fun little, little mini sods. So yes. stay tuned. We'll probably break that down next week. We've got our fun guest coming. We won't tell you who just yet, but we've got a fun guest coming for our final episode next week. Yay. And I'm so excited to know what she thinks. She is a she, her yes. pronoun is she. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. You guys keep up with the Instagram. We'll start posting like what we're going to do during the little break with all of our mini sods. And yeah, last episode of the season. Crazy. Thanks for listening, you guys. Go ahead and rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to follow along on Instagram at the pivot pod. Also, you can email us at don'ttakemywind at gmail.com with all of your questions, comments, and thoughts. Let us know what you thought of this first season. We have no fucking idea what we're doing. So please. Yeah, we would love to hear your feedback too. Um, because as we're wrapping this up, we got we got some fun stuff. So give us all your thoughts, please. Toodles. Bye.